0: <laughs> what is up, everybody? Welcome into ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. By the way, I'm telling you, there is going to be a lot of draft content out there for you to enjoy tomorrow, throughout the day, during the draft, and after the draft. Make sure that you consistently check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, remember that Primetime is brought to you by our friends over at freemanmazda.net. We will talk more about them and the ride of the week in a few moments here on the show. But before we do any of that, let me say hi to you and uh, let me talk to you a little bit about the interview that we have in line tonight. So shout out to Gregory, shout out to Toxic Tom, Katharina, Ricky, Nicholas, uh, Mark Aaron, Juan Daniel. Everyone is saying hi in the YouTube chat and the Facebook chat. I don't know. Hey, hey, we're not Steelers fans here. Stop stop falling into blue. Dabs traps in the chat. Who's trying to make me a, a Steelers show, a Steelers fan, excuse me. That's not happening. We are Cowboys content only. And uh, Grinding the Mocks is a pretty, pretty interesting website that I stumbled upon in 2023. It's been going for several years now. And the goal is to predict the NFL draft using other mocks and using data science. Uh, it's a pretty interesting topic. And when I say he's changing the draft, I mean it. NFL teams have used his data they have used his tools so uh, looking forward to sharing this conversation with you guys before we do that though do me a favor and hit the like button share the stream it's also wednesday night so i'll see you at the end of the interview to talk about the freeman mazda stat of the week because they are bringing one that matters when it comes to one of the prospects that has been linked the most to the Dallas Cowboys so without any further ado let's get to it here is the interview behind grinding the mocks we welcome into prime time none other than Benjamin Robinson the man behind grinding the mocks Benjamin thank you for joining and uh, joining me and doing this yeah no problem thanks for having me on Awesome. So I want to start, I want to start off with, you know, grinding the MUX because it is a pretty ambitious project, like try to predict the NFL draft. Obviously, I want to start with what the website officially says, which, which is uh, using MUX, the wisdom of the crowds and data science to predict the NFL draft. That is an awesome sentence in many, many levels. But what is the process behind that? How did this start? What do you do? Uh, and uh, what's, When was the moment that you realized, you know what, people are trying to predict the mocks, the draft with mocks, but I'm going to do it with their mocks. And in the aggregate, it will turn out fine.
1: Yeah, you know, it's a good question. So, yeah, no, um, this started all, um, I like to say, you know, I was on my friend's couch. I went to college at the University of Pittsburgh, and one of my good buddies is a Steelers fan. I grew up in Cincinnati as a kind of a erstwhile Bengals fan, and Uh, You know, both of us are kind of analytical guys. We're sitting on the couch. We're watching the 2018 NFL draft. And, you know, we're just sitting there listening to the different people on the draft broadcast. And, you know, someone said something like, oh, man, that guy had such a steal. And I'm like, well, you know, they have their board that's just like one board that says, hey, this is how the players are ranked. And therefore, it's a steal. But what about like trying to like how, how can I do that? I don't know i'm not i'm not like a, i didn't grow up playing football i just kind of grew up watching it like anybody else so i don't really have a lot to offer in terms of prospect watching um, just like watching some highlight videos and stuff so i kind of just said hey you know how would we do this using kind of like things that we're good at and so my background is in economics and i do i do data analysis for a living and i was like you know i, I think data might have something to say about where these players are are going to go and i think that what what we might be interesting to do is to aggregate some mock drafts so i kind of Over that summer after the 2018 draft, I kind of uh, put together a little proof of concept based on the 2018 draft, and I found some things I thought were really interesting, including that there was some decent predictive power in the relationship between the aggregate ranking of where players were going in this mock draft data and what happened in the actual draft. And so I kind of decided from there that I kind of wanted to take it to the next step. And so starting in 2019 and basically uh, ever since, I've been doing kind of large-scale data collection of mock drafts and then writing my own kind of uh, statistical models and algorithms to analyze and create predictions for all the players. Um, and so it's been a really fun journey experience like growing over the years. And that's kind of generally what it's, it's about. You know, The idea that there's real power in the wisdom of crowds is, is not something that's really new. It's an old, old sort of concept that comes from the idea that we all bring our own individual thoughts, our own individual processes, Ideally, they're a little more independent than they are. I don't necessarily think that's totally the case, but we bring that to the bear to the to, to the table when we try to figure out what's going on with the players that we love. And so the idea is that everyone has something to say, but in the aggregate, we're a little bit we're a bit stronger. Most of us than we are, you know, just alone.
0: And it's gotten to the point. First of all, that's all of that's amazing, pretty amazing. And uh, uh, I love stats and economics myself. I'm a I studied finance in college. So I kind of like, you know, get excited on that sense as well. But I, I want to say for those of you who are watching primetime right now, grinding the mugs is featured in Football Outsiders. It's featured in uh, 538, the PFF mock draft simulator that you all use. I know that you you all use it. So uh, and I also was going over some of your tweets earlier today. You know that NFL teams have used the grinding the, Grind the mugs information how crazy was that when you first found that out and uh you essentially knowing and confirming that the NFL history uh, you you have a place there now
1: yeah you know it's it's really cool to see how it's kind of grown over time you know i have a lot of people to thank for kind of uh you know ex- really expanding like the reach of my work and it all started with um the carnegie Mellon University Sports Analytics conference and a guy there named Ron Yurka, who's really well respected in kind of NFL uh, statistics and data science. Um, but yeah, no, um, I think the first time I learned about that was kind of somewhat like unofficially that uh, there was a team that used my data in kind of a really interesting way to kind of help think about uh, player availability and uh, trading down in the draft. So, okay. um, you know, their team was interested in kind of uh, targeting like a lot of teams are coming into specific rounds of the draft they hit a specific player in mind. They felt, Hey, you know, if we get an offer, we need to consider, you know, the opportunity that we could get more draft capital to draft more players. And so, you know, they received an offer from another team and uh, the story basically goes was, you know, Hey, we want to go kind of talk to our really uh, knowledgeable player personnel, like our scouts and our coaches and saying, Hey, like, you know, the teams in between us, you know, what do we think positions that they're going to target? And then they also turned to the people in their research department and they said, "Hey like what do you think are the odds?" and then, so I knew at, at that time basically that they were using some of my public data as an input into models to create odds for how likely a player was going to get selected and that they kind of used both the the soft side the kind of intuition the subject matter expertise that all of these you know uh, football folks have along with some of the harder numbers to make a decision on whether to hold there and take the player that they were targeting or trade down. And it turned out that they felt really good from both the qualitative and the quantitative aspect that they could um, take on the risk of, you know, trading down and that the player that they wanted to target was still there. And uh, it turned out that that was the case. So it was like a real happy ending that you know this team basically was able to use some of my data into their, and in their public tools, or their, I guess their draft tools some of my public data and their draft tools to help make Decisions in the draft, um, and so yeah, that was a pretty cool moment to learn that uh, that my data had made its way into draft rooms. And so it's a real, real cool way to make uh, make an impact is to um, to have something that you're passionate about kind of make its way, you know, from like your computer into the draft room. It's kind of like being there, so it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, yeah, that that had to be insane. I was reading an article about out of out of the park baseball, this video game that's a baseball simulator. And uh, it, it tells this story of how, you know, MLB teams started using it as an actual simulator. I cannot imagine that feeling, obviously, but it must have been a moment in which something clicked for you, right? Like, okay, you had your proof of concept, you had your own research going into it. So you knew you were doing right, something right. But when an NFL team also adopts that, then you double know that, like you, you you're entirely sure that you're onto something. How has, and I'm, I tweeted this when I was going through some of your charts. I tweeted about you know uh, how how the league doesn't care about your your mock drafts. And grinding the mocks tweeted quote tweeted me and said <laughs> they don't care about your mock drafts, but they do care about all of them together. How uh, how accurate has have you found grinding the mocks to be? Uh, because I feel like when I read a Daniel Jeremiah mock draft, a Dane Brugler mock draft, Mel Kiper, Todd McShay. All of them, like they get a few of these picks, right? Even in the top 10, even in the top 15, like it's not most of them for sure. So uh, I I would love to ask that, like how accurate have you found yours to be?
1: Yeah, no, um, I think you make a really good point. I want to kind of like clarify a little bit about what I said about everyone's mock drafts too. Um, You know, the, the mock drafts are, they've become a much bigger part of the draft process than they were because of like, you know, the advent of the internet, like how we're communicating right now. Um, and so, you know, teams used to do kind of small types of mock draft aggregation, even back in the day, like Mike Lombardi, um, you know, when he was with the New England Patriots, you know, he's talked about this, that they would go and they would kind of take some mock drafts and do some kind of simple math to kind of come up with some averages to have some. So this is like a historically, like it's an accepted kind of form of analysis um, in, in the draft. Um, but yeah, in terms of accuracy, you know, one of the things that, you um, It really kind of depends on how you measure accurate. So grinding the mocks is not necessarily our goal. Isn't necessarily to be exactly right on every single player. I would love. I am always happy when I am. Uh, But you know, I I give the example of kind of the the 2021 draft with um, you know Trey Lance and Mac Jones. So Mac Jones is the favorite to go number three, but he's not ranked third in my in my rankings, right? Um, he's ranked I think he's actually ranked like fourth or fifth Um, and that's because um, there was some pull in the data kind of taking him in the other direction like you know if he doesn't go at three there were some scenarios where he was going a lot later and that's what ended up happening Um, so the goal isn't necessarily to say like hey like I I don't want to be like very firm and say for the most part unless it's like really sure like um, so the idea here is that we want to kind of be We want to kind of get, in terms of like a golf analogy, we want to kind of get near the hole. We're not trying to get hole-in-ones all the time. Um, We have some success. You know, I like to think quite a bit about how many of the players we get that are, you know, in my first-round expected group. Um, And I think we did really well last year. Last year was a really, really chalky first round of the draft. I had 30 of the top 32 players in my top 32 last year. But on a more normal year, we get probably like 25 or 26. And that's not anything to scoff at, but yeah, you know, I think it puts us in kind of, in terms of, if you measure it that way, um, you know, I end up really, I'm really interested in trying to measure, you know, not just the number of hits that you get, like the number of direct hits or uh, the number of team matches. I'm kind of more interested in like kind of more nuanced form of accuracy where, you know, for example, one of the more impressive mock drafts of recent memory is Josh Norris from underdog fantasy had mock draft in the, uh, the COVID year. So that's the 2020 uh, draft, I believe. Uh, and he got, you know, like some massive number of, of players correct in that mock draft, just really killed it. Um, but he wasn't the top accurate mock draft in my data that year because he had mocked Creed Humphrey to the Kansas City Chiefs. And in the mock draft accuracy contest, he got credit for that because the Chiefs did end mm-hmm. up drafting Creed Humphrey, but at the end of the second round. And so I would, I, would, I would kind of dink him a little bit for, for mocking a player that was a clear second round pick of the entire end of the second round of the first round. So, you know, when I look at my accuracy in that light, um, you know, I end up do, being in probably in like the 90th percentile or so of mock drafts. Um, if you kind of look at like someone's last mock draft, but yeah, like the number, the mock drafters who you think are the most accurate are the ones that are. Like Lance Zerline, really accurate. Daniel Jeremiah, really accurate. Dane Brugler, really accurate. Um, you know, Mel Kuiper, pretty accurate. So, like, some of those ones are the ones that you think they are. But there are also some ones that are really smart that I think people aren't really as aware of. You know, like, for example, um, you know, Charles Davis from NFL Network. He's a media guy. I don't think people think of him as a mock draft expert. But he's actually one of my top 10 best mock drafters of the last five years. Oh, so, my. like, it's really interesting. Like, there's guys out there that, like, we know are these, like, kind of cottage industry names And then there's like people who you kind of disregard and they actually have pretty good accuracy in my numbers. So I think there's like a really nuanced way to look at the draft that really that's how I want to be. And I want to incorporate that information into, you know, how I rate and how I adjust the mock draft numbers. Um, But yeah, it's like really interesting to see how accurate it can be. Um, But yeah, last year was kind of a high watermark in terms of the number of players that were in my top 32 that were in the top 32. And I don't expect that to happen this year, but it was really cool to, to see. But, but the thing I tell people is that if my numbers had 30 of the top 32, there are probably some other ones who did as well, but I'll take the credit whenever I, uh, wherever I can, you know,
0: that's awesome. That's awesome. I love it. And, uh, Hey, Charles Davis, top 10, I wouldn't have like imagined it. I, I think it also has to do with perception maybe, right? Like you think of NFL network, you think of Daniel Jeremiah, right. And, uh, maybe that, that, uh, Good being trigger, the lead yeah. guy, yeah. right. Um, would make sense. Anyways, uh, we'll move on to football a little bit here. This is a Cowboys show. I want to start by the fact that one of your biggest risers in the, in the stock charts is Vijon Robinson. Just days removed from the NFL draft. Uh, it feels to me and I, and we talked about this on Wednesday night too, on Tuesday night, excuse me, uh, on primetime that feels to me like maybe draft Twitter or or you know the analytics Twitter as as well for the NFL kind of is pounding the table for, you know, not picking a running back in the top 15. And then as we get closer to the draft, maybe it's NFL teams telling us, oh, we, we are doing it. We, regardless of what you say about positional value, this is happening. Bijan is going 15. Would you agree? And would you tell fans, Cowboys fans in specific, forget about Bijan at 26th?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, so I would consider myself part of kind of like the analytics Twitter and... You know, I think there's a difference between what we would do and what we think will actually happen. And, you know, I've been saying that one of my kind of main, like, big theses about how I think about this draft is that I think that Bijan Robinson will go in the top 10. And I don't think it's being captured accurately in my data. I think people are not being as creative as they should about some of his landing spots. Um, You know, I had a mock draft. I thought I was kind of on the early vanguard, but I had Bijan Robinson at number eight to the Falcons. Yeah, I don't think he lasts until the Cowboys are picking in the late 20s. I think he's long gone. You know, I just think that the teams are just slaves to their draft boards. You know, it, it, I can't even count the number of times where they're just like, yep, we were at our pick, and he was the top guy on our board, and we turned in the card, and it was, yeah. you know. Some, and so it's just like I think that the teams can't help themselves. They have They're very sometimes overconfident in their process, and they treat their board as, like, the truth because it's like a result of, you know, probably thousands and hundreds of thousands, maybe of hours worth of investment in terms of people, in terms of, you know, talking to the players, in terms of watching the tape and some statistical models probably too. And Bichon's like a really good player. The running back position, like I don't think we need to talk too much about, you know, why it's not worth investing a first round pick, especially a high pick in a running back. But I don't think the Cowboys are gonna have the luxury of, of thinking about that. Um, I don't think they're gonna consider Jameer Gibbs I think he's too similar to Tony Pollard. Um, So, but yeah, Bijan Robinson, um, yeah, I think there's a really strong chance that he goes in the top 10. I think the Falcons are a logical spot. I think, you know, for example, the Raiders who are picking before them also could be a logical spot. Um, There's also teams that might even trade up. Um, But yeah, I don't foresee a team like the Eagles taking a a shot at Bijan. I think they're a little too sharp on that. Uh, But I don't think the Cowboys are going to be in that position either.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome because on Tuesday night's show, Uh, You just made me look good because on Tuesday night's show, I said one of the storylines that I feel the strongest about is that I'm selling uh, the Eagles at 10th narrative because I I agree like they didn't pay Miles Sanders. They paid their inexpensive guys. They're telling us how they look at the running back position, right? So uh, it wouldn't make a lot of sense to me. So I I love that you said that too. Uh, You mentioned your mock draft and I was going over it. I don't know if you have another one coming before the NFL draft. I'm I'm guessing you will. Yeah. But the last one that I found was April 11th, and you had Drew Sanders, linebacker out of Arkansas. And I wanted to ask you about this because the explanation about it was quite intriguing. In the grinding the mugs era, which going by the years that you said at the beginning of the show, that it would be 2019 and beyond? Yeah, in this
1: case, it's 2020. That's the first year I started collecting the team that was associated with the pick. So from 2020 to 2022, the Cowboys have selected the player that was the fifth most position. So the position group that they selected from was the fifth most. So, you know, for example, you know, in 2020, wide receiver was the fifth ranked position group in the kind of uh, time frame that I was looking in. And then, you know, 2021, linebacker, 2022, tackle. And so what is 2023? At the time that I did my last mock draft, it was linebacker. But since then, it's actually shifted. It shifted from linebacker to cornerback. So in my next mock draft, I'm going to be giving the Cowboys one of the the cornerbacks that I have remaining, and it may not be one that you're thinking of. Um, so, but uh, but yeah, I have, <laughs> that's that's one that I have that uh, that'll be. You know, it's hard to f- thread the needle, and who knows if this trend will continue. But I feel like I have to ride it a little bit. It's like my little competitive advantage. So we'll see if it's actually you know worth anything. But yeah, I have, I, I'm I'm thinking I, I'm probably going to be having. You maybe tell me if I'm stupid or not, but um, I have the Cowboys selecting Julius Brent's cornerback from Kansas State as, um, at pick 26. Um, yeah. One of the other you know, kind of yeah, theses I have is that I think that Joey Porter Jr. is kind of a bit overrated and I don't I don't think he might not oh. get drafted in the first round, but I think that might be really wrong on that, but I had to pick one player and I, I had to pick him. He's the only one that I could think of that kind of, I had some doubt about,
0: but yeah, really interesting. That was going to be exactly my question. Like, ha- has that changed, etc.? Man, Julius Brent is actually a pretty – like, I could see that happening because he he is the Dan Queen type cornerback. He's got the arm length. He's got the height. He's got the size. Exactly. So I can see that being the pick. Uh, it's my so galaxy so-
1: brain. It's my galaxy brain. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I-
0: yeah. Just going to throw this theory out there, like, without any data or anything. Like, just – Sure. Anecdotally, what I would say about that trend that you mentioned of, you know, the fifth position, the fifth position being the Cowboys pick, could it maybe have to do with the best player available aspect of things that maybe uh, mocks have this bias of, oh, I'm going to give them a tight end because they need a tight end. And, and they're talking about tight ends. But when it's all said and done, maybe some of those guys are already off the board and they just stick to their board and they grab their their guy. That's how I, I would look at it right.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I think that the 2020 draft is like the perfect example of that. You know, CD Lamb is available, but like a ton of the mocks were like, you know, it's got to be that edge rusher guy from LSU. I don't even remember his name anymore, who ended up getting drafted by the Jaguars,
0: right? Uh so, and Chason. Yeah. Caleb I don't know if I'm Chason. pronouncing that right.
1: Yeah, you're probably <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. I think Caleb Chason Chason, whatever. It sounds really, it's a great name. Um, yeah. But yeah, like, you know, suddenly like CD's there and everyone's like, well, yeah, that should be the pick. And they're like, yeah, we agree um so yeah yeah, i think that they're very much kind of like you're right like they're kind of a a go with the flow sort of team um i don't for the most part i think that's what makes them successful in terms of these these drafts that they've had over the last you know four years and at least in the first round is that for the most part they're targeting players at premium positions you know i could argue that i i had Micah parsons as a linebacker but they're using him Mm -hmm. in a way that's really special um and so i think even they might say that they kind of maybe lucked out on that because I don't think people necessarily thought that Micah Parsons could do all that. And maybe they didn't even think that, but like kudos to them for like finding that out. Um, and now they have a player that I think everyone else in the league is trying to kind of emulate. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. I think that they kind of let the the draft come to them in a kind of a way that people don't really think like um, people think of that sort of team, like the Baltimore Ravens where they're like, oh yeah, all these great players always fall to the Ravens. Well, what about all these great players that fall fallen to the Cowboys? Like, yeah. you know, CeeDee lamb, Michael Parsons, Tyler Smith looks like he's going to become a pretty good player. Like that's nothing to something to, to to scoff at at all. Those are players that are all good contributors on the current Cowboys teams over the next you know, four or five years.
0: I agree. I agree. I'll make you one more question, and then we can get out of here because I know it's late, and uh, obviously it's throughout the week, so you're pretty pretty busy probably. So one more question, and uh, this is more of trying to interpret what you've got going on with the grinding the mucks board or expected position board. Uh, obviously, the Cowboys, in my opinion, are looking at tight ends. Maybe they're looking at wide receivers as well, going by their top 30 visits, by what their context is, et cetera. Your board has, tw- at 24th, you've got Michael Meyer. 25th has Quentin Johnson. And then 26th is Jordan Addison. Uh, Hyatt is all the way down at 41st. Darnold Washington is all the way down at thirty-eight which are, are were notable to me, but I'm going to say this, like is the Cowboys pick 26 is Meyer 24 Johnson, 25th and Addison 26. Does that cluster of players tell you something that maybe the Cowboys are looking at, at, at a tight end wide receiver at 26, or wouldn't you interpret it that way?
1: Um, I, th- I think people might wish that they are. I think that yeah, tight end is one of the more higher mock positions to the Cowboys. Um, yeah, I think that, like you said, they're like kind of a value-based team. Um, I think they're going to look at the board there, and they've. I think wide receiver is not necessarily in the cards. You can you talked about you know the following the money in free agency for the Eagles, I and mean, you can follow yeah. a little bit of the money in the free agency for the Cowboys as well. You know they also they've they've invested a bit in the draft and wide receiver. You know last year they drafted that that guy Jalen Tolbert um, from South Alabama, and they you know they kept around. Uh, you know the, the guy from colorado state who I'm drop tra- you know forgetting Michael Gallup yeah Michael Gallup um and you know yeah but they brought in uh you know the the uh wide receiver from Houston. Bradley I'm like Cooks. forgetting everyone's name. Yeah Brandon exactly. yeah I got you. I got forgetting you. everyone's name but yeah Brandon Cooks. <laughs> um and so to me you know they let Dalton Schultz walk after franchise tagging him last year. Franchise tag is a really powerful vehicle for tight ends to suppress because of the suppressed salary. But you know, in terms of, like, the the draft capital they've used on tight ends, you can find one later. They've done that, you know, continuously. You know, Schultz was a later-round pick. They drafted Jake Ferguson last year. That was a later-round pick. You know, I think the highest they've probably used on a draft pick was, you know, Gavin Escobar, may he rest in peace. Like, you know, it's a, it's like a – I think that this draft is specifically too, You can find these guys later. And so, you know, I think it's right to think about, yeah, three tight ends in the first round. But I just don't think that the Cowboys are going to value that. If they had valued the tight end position, they wouldn't have let Dalton Schultz walk in free agency. They would have found a way to keep him. And so I think similar to running back, you know, the it's a strength in this class. If you want to find a running back, you can find another one down the board. Um, if you want to find a tight end, there'll be players available. I project that there's probably going to be, you know, maybe six or more tight ends in the top 100. And that's way above average in a normal draft. On average, you know, maybe having four or something in the top 100 is considered pretty good. So we could potentially be at like eight or so in the top 100. To me, that's worth waiting on. There are good players that will be available in the second round, like uh, Luke Musgrave from Oregon State, who's athletic, who doesn't have production. Sam Laporta from Iowa as well will be available. You know, you have the Luke Schoonmakers from Michigan um, and the Brenton Stranges of Penn State that will be available. You know, I I think Darnell Washington is a first rounder, but, you know, maybe he falls out of the first round. Um, But yeah, to me, the tight end position is really interesting in this draft. You can make an argument for drafting one high, but I think you can make just as strong of an argument for drafting one later. So to me, I think that there's a a signal that, yeah, like people are interested in in tight end and the Cowboys specifically. Maybe this year is different structurally and this year tight end is what they actually go after. But, you know, I think we'll have to see. Maybe they'll be um uncomfortable with Dalton Kincaid's injury and they don't love Darnell Washington. Maybe even though I did give them Darnell Washington in my first mock draft, I did this cycle. Um okay. But you know, yeah. And maybe mayor's already gone. So then they're at their spot and they say, Hey, we have this great cornerback, Julius Branson. I'm really right. Um But yeah, I think Man, it, it, I think it makes I think a, a lot chance. of sense. Yeah. <laughs> there's a chance on the tight end. I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sure about it. I don't feel really good. I feel like we can get overconfident. And trying to understand the way that the Cowboys see the world um, based on the monolithic view of like a player like Caleb on chase on that kind of, you know, puts CD land out of mind and then suddenly he is in mind. Um, and so to me, I think that the media, like the mock draft world might think that they understand the Cowboys more than they actually do.
0: Boom. And it also fits with uh, Julius Brand's being a late riser, et cetera. So it could make a lot of sense. I think you're onto something there. Uh, Anyways, I won't take uh, much more of your time. Uh, Thank you so much for doing this. I think what you're doing is awesome. I'm going to be honest with you. I found out about grinding the mugs this year. So I I found out late about grinding the mugs. My editor, shout out to him, Evan Winter uh, from ADC Sports told me about it and I've been using it all these weeks and months since, uh, for, for uh, from a while back. I wanted to have you on because I think what you're doing is great and I think it should blow up uh, in big, big ways and be one of the most visited websites uh, moving forward, man. Uh, thank you so much for doing this.
1: Hey, no problem. Thank you so much for having me on. If people are interested in learning more about grinding the mocks, you can go to grindingthemocks.com uh, and if you want to follow anything that I'm doing on Twitter, you can follow grinding mocks on Twitter. That's like the easiest way uh, to kind of follow the work that I'm doing. I'm posting all kinds of charts and stuff throughout the rest of this this next few days of the draft, kind of like my Super Bowl for the year. So we're really looking forward to it and it was great talking to you.
0: There you go. There you go. That was a very fun conversation for me. Wanted to share it with you because how about that logic with the Julius Brent stuff at 26th? I think no one has talked about Julius Brent's uh, when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys, but it kind of makes sense. Like what I, what I take away from that is not exactly the Brent's mock pick. It's more that uh, theory that I threw his way and that he's, he seemed to agree with me. We usually kind of go into the whole thing thinking tight end, tight end, tight end, or whatever the top need is at the time. Maybe in 2023, it is not the top need, but it's one of the top needs. And then the draft kind of fits into that because there's going to be a lot of tough guys. But he makes a very good point by saying that uh, Dallas, like they have their board. Even though we criticize them for a lot of stuff, they might stick true to their board and uh, grab these big time players for them. Like even Tyler Smith at the time was pretty criticized. Their version, at least the public version, was that he was a top name of the board. So they took him. Maybe going into the whole thing, it's going to be a player that we do not expect. And it comes at a position that we do not expect. Now, many people will say, oh, there's no way Julius Brent's not at 26th. But you never know how teams have their boards made up. Uh, there has been some buzz when it comes to brands by the way that he might be a player that the league likes more than the media uh, he's projected per grinding the mocks like taking all of in, all of the mocks into account he's expected to go 52nd so he's close to being a a top 50 player and i'm just going to say this that was more or less the range that we saw Tyler Smith in days away from the 2023 NFL draft my point here mostly though is if there is a guy that they like a lot, they're likely going to grab him despite of what uh, we perceive as the top needs of the team. Because right now, cornerback, like it's always a need. If you have an NFL team, you, you cannot have enough of those. But we're not approaching it as a, as a huge need, right? For the Cowboys. And I want to say this though, Dallas has earned our trust. I think it was David Hellman. Yeah, it was. who tweeted this out this morning. But out of the last eight first-round picks that uh, in the Will McClay era, six of them have been named all-pro players at least once. And one of the ones that has not been named an all-pro is, I think, uh, you know, Tyler Smith, who who has one season in the NFL, and he's, he's looking like a hit. Like, he looks like a very good pick for the Cowboys. And I'm guessing that David Hellmanstadt is considering like first team and second team all pros though he's gonna say that don't be surprised if the cowboys go hyatt or sanders at 26 I, I i was talking about this last night i don't know if jalen hyatt's gonna be that high i think he might be one of those names that drops just based on what the latest boss has been at the wide receiver position we just have not heard a lot of jalen hyatt mocks excuse me in the first round which has been kind of a roller coaster, because I think that Hyatt was pretty low at the beginning of the process. Then he got high, and then he's low again. Toxic Tom says, Mo, who are your Steelers taking? Not my Steelers. Not my Steelers. Not, hey, we can make the daily they think a thing. We're not allowing those Steelers stuff. Uh, I did put together a mock draft. Have not put together an article, but I might be able to show it to you uh, over here really quickly. I don't know if I mean I'm gonna show you the literal like the 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 Google drive <laughs> that I put together for this. Uh and we can go through it really quickly before getting to the stat of the week here. Uh let me remove though. It's not in crayons. No, it's not. No, it is not. <laughs> You'll love to make fun of me. And I love that personally. So here you go. I'm 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 showing you the Oh, man. How do I zoom this in? You see, this is the problem with improvising. You get to see me. Oh, no. You're actually not watching the screen. See? Man. Damn. I'm old. I'm, I'm old out here. I've got... Uh, really quickly going to go through this. Let me try to zoom in even even further. All right. Well, there you go. I've got Carolina going with Bryce Young. Obviously, I'm buying into the... No quarterback for Houston Trent. Will Anderson at three because I do not have any trades in this. CJ Stroud at number four overall. Like if he's there, I don't see the Colts passing on Stroud. Uh, Jalen Carter, Christian Gonzalez, Will Levis to the Raiders. If John Robinson at eight, I'm buying into what Benjamin Robinson said. And also, kind of went and did some fa- uh, fact checking on myself. He is the odds on favorite to go to the Falcons at this point. So there's certainly something there. Uh, Paris Johnson Jr. to Chicago, Peter Skoronsky to the Philadelphia Eagles, Anthony Richardson, Witherspoon. I'm gonna go quickly through this because maybe you don't care that much about this. Roderick Jones to the Jets, Jackson Smith and Jigba to the Patriots, Nolan Smith to the Packers, Lucas Van Ness to the Washington Commanders. The Steelers, not my Steelers, the Steelers though, are grabbing Darnell Wright. That will matter to Cowboys fans. Joey Porter Jr. And then playoff teams, Miles Murphy, Hendon Hooker to the Seahawks, Chargers, Dalton Kincaid. That is an important one for the Cowboys. Ravens go with safe flowers. Deontay Banks goes to Maryland. Ryan Branch to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Quentin Johnson to the NFC East to the Giants. And then 26th, Michael Meyer. That's how I see things uh, falling in the board. I have a feeling that Dalton Kincaid is going to be the first tight end taken in the draft, and that would make Meyer the second one to Dallas. And then see Harrison, uh Bracey, and Jordan Addison, Will McDonald to round things out. That would be an a, a interesting outlook for the NFL draft. Anyways, draft uh stat of the week before we get out of here, ladies and gentlemen, presented to you by our friends over at FreemanMazda.net. Here we go. <music> It's a big one. It is a draft day one. And here we go. The Freeman Mazda stat of the week brought to you by Freeman Mazda is the following. And it has to do with Michael Meyer, actually. Since 2001, 14 tight ends out of Notre Dame have been taken in the NFL draft. That is an insane number. Think about it. We are in, I mean last year's draft was obviously 2022. Between between 2001 and 2022, you have had 14 Notre Dame tight ends drafted in the NFL. Let me know in the chat, to you, is that something or nothing going into the 2023 NFL draft? Does it speak something or nothing about Michael Meyer as a prospect, because out of all of those, like you're talking about Titan University right there. You might not be talking about big names, but you're talking about a college that consistently puts out talent at the position. And on a similar note, you're talking about a guy that got into that college and became the main guy. No questions asked. Let me know in the chat. What do you think about the stat of the week? Is it something or nothing? While you give me your answers, let me talk to you about the people who make this show possible and who make the stat of the week possible. That is Freeman Mazda, a family-owned business. For over 65 years, you get A-plus customer service when you check out their wide range of new and used vehicles. You can visit their dealership over at Irving, Texas, or you can go into the website freemanmazda.net to see every one of the cars. And in there, you can see the features of every car. You can see pictures of the outside and inside of the vehicle. You can go through the prices and everything. And as we do around this time here on Prime Time, it is time for us to dive into the Freeman Mazda Ride of the Week. In this case, the 2023 Mazda CX-30 2.5S Preferred All-Wheel Drive. This one starts at $29,820. It's got Apple CarPlay slash Android Auto. It's got rain sensing wipers, adaptive cruise control, a blind spot monitor for your comfort and a miles per gallon capacity of 26 when you are in the city that goes up to 33 when you are in the highway. So make sure you check it out over at freemanmazda.net. They bring you the stat of the week. Let's see what you have to say about that one. It's something, Cessiness. Something for Tommy 915, nothing for Craig, something for Katharina, uh, nothing to Gregory. Troy says tight end you, like the Canes used to be. Just saw a Mazda drive down the road. Says I love weed. That's probably out of Freeman Mazda. Because otherwise, why wouldn't why, why wouldn't you go to Freeman Mazda for that? Hey, thank you to Mark Aaron, man, saying, God, you did a good job with that draft, Mo. Hey, thank you. Thank you, Mark Aaron. I agree that it is something. I'm going to say that. uh, I think that, you know, there's some pedigree to some of these uh, colleges when it comes to certain positions. And I do think that going to one and being as dominant at the position in one speaks good about you as a prospect. Uh, That, by the way, Forgot to give credit where credit is due. Was courtesy of Dane Bruckler from The Athletic. Pretty interesting nugget that he dropped. That will be it for me tonight. Hope that you guys enjoy your NFL draft coverage. Hope that you guys enjoyed all of the work that we put in uh, pre-draft. And of course, believe me, we will have you covered post-draft as well. Uh, maybe we didn't get too much in depth here on primetime when it comes to some of these prospects, but I can tell you, we will do that when it comes to the guys that are actually picked by the Cowboys. So enjoy the NFL draft. Uh, let me know in the chat, your final prediction for number 26 overall, leave that in the comments and I will see them uh, throughout the night and uh, tomorrow as well. Check out adcsportscom Dallas for more Cowboys content. And let's see where everything ends up in. Let's see where everything ends up in. Do me a favor, hit the like button, share the stream. If you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, let me put this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans by hitting that thumbs up. Thank you so much. And remember, prime time brought to you by Driven Mazda.net. Disfruten el draft. Nos vemos el domingo. Muchísimas gracias. Bye bye.